His and Hers Horror features two adults discussing horror movies, serial killers, and other spooky content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to His and Hers Horror. My name is Tia. And I'm David. And this is the podcast where we talk about horror stuff. Yes, it is. I mean, there's lots of those. Well, yeah. But this is ours. Yes, there are many like us, but this one is ours. Indeed. So we are doing the second part of our Mm two-parter on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise this week. Yes. And full disclosure, Uh we're not going to be talking about Freddy vs. Jason. Right. Just because that would have made the episode exceedingly long, number one. And number two, we're going to save it for a a later episode. Yes, we we have plans for it, so don't panic. We have a plan thing in mind. Mm -hmm. It's written down. Yes. I even made a one-note entry for topic suggestions. Look at that, yes. Because when I think of topic suggestions and I'm at work, I'm like, well, fuck. Now what do I do? Because I don't have Word on my phone, so. You can. Well, I did it a different way. Fuck off. Fair enough. Anyway, we also have no bits this week. No bits. No bits. No bits. No, no this week in horror or anything. We'll save the anything for next week. So sorry about it. And I haven't been watching anything except stuff for the podcast. So, oh, with the exception of Handmaid's Tale. But well, I've been catching up on old episodes. So I'm it's not... a different, different flavor of horror. Oh, my God. You're not wrong. No, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I stopped watching it in the first place, because epi- I was like in season one, and I was like, this is getting a little too real mm-hmm. with some of the legislation that various states had going, f- like, that they were going to be voting on. And I was like, no. Well, I, then after we're done, I've got a video to show you then. Okay, cool. That. Sounds great. So let's just jump right into it. Hmm. Or um, should we just go to sleep and let Freddy catch us? No, I'd rather not. Especially not the later films, Freddy. Yeah. Okay, so... Dream Master. Yeah. Came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. The plot, a year after facing the Dream Warriors, Freddy Krueger is resurrected from his apparent demise and quickly tracks down and kills all three of the surviving Elm Street kids. Mm-hmm. Like, within ten minutes. Poor Kincaid. I know. Before she dies, Kristen wills her dream ability to her friend Alice. Alice soon realizes that Freddy is using her to attack a new group of teens. Can Alice embrace her new powers to finally defeat Freddy, or is it already too late? Honestly, this is where the franchise starts to lose me until New Nightmare. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it... I remember watching this on VHS. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was the first one where I went and got my Legos to play with while watching it because I'm like, y'all lost the plot. Uh, So it was directed by Rennie Harlan. Mm -hmm. Rennie Harlan is, he's one of those directors where I hear his name and I was like, why does that name sound familiar? He also directed Die Hard 2. Okay. And the the uh, one I didn't care for. And Cutthroat Island. Oof. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Screenplay by... Brian Helgeland and Ken and Jim Wheats. Okay. Uh, the cast, we have returning Ken Sagos as Kincaid mm-hmm. and Rodney Eastman as Joey. Right. Patricia Arquette does not return as Kristen. No. She's no. played by Tuesday Night, 
in this one. Mm. And no one can really seem to drill down on the exact reason why. There was some speculation that she was pregnant at the time. Okay. But that timeline of her pregnancy and when she gave birth doesn't match up with the timeline of when they were filming this. Okay. So it's unlikely that it's that. There were some other theories kind of and rumors kind of bandied about, but no one really knows 100% for sure. Except Patricia herself, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Joining, we have Lisa Wilcox as Alice. Mm -hmm. She was Nurse Owens on Fear Clinic. Okay, yeah. Some of these actors, they haven't really, they didn't really do anything else. So I don't have a, this is something else they were in. Because this is the biggest thing they were in. This. The fourth one. Yeah. Uh, Danny Hassel plays Dan. He's he's the karate guy? No, that is Rick. Right, that's Rick. Dan is the cute jock. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he is. The major league hunk. (laughs) Which is just a weird thing to say in general, but the way she says it is also very weird. No, Andrus Jones is Rick, Alice's brother. Yeah. He was actually in um, Night Trap. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was Jeff in Night Trap. Okay, yeah. Brooke Thies is Debbie. She was Leslie on Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. And then Toy Newkirk was Sheila. And I couldn't find anything else that she had really been in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Budget of $6.5 million, Box office of 49.4. So still not bad. Well, I mean, it, people were going in from the high of Dream Warriors, which, I mean, even there it got... it. I mean, as much as I love the film, it, it with a certain mindset, you could look at Dream Warriors as semi-horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Or re- really... That's when Freddy really started to get more in more of the one-liners mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And so they were running high on the first three films. So mm-hmm. you would run into the fourth one saying, yes, more of this, please. Right. Well, and this, the franchise in general seemed like when you look at like the budget to box office, it's just a license to print money. Yeah. Uh, so facts and thoughts. Something that I didn't notice the first time I watched this movie and in doing my research, I kind of was like, oh, hey, yeah. The diner where Alice and Debbie work Mm -hmm. is called the Crave Inn. Wes Craven. As in Wes Craven. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Bob Shea once again has a cameo. Mm -hmm. This time he is a teacher talking about the philosophy of dreams basically yeah um it's very it's the the thing he's talking about seems very shoehorned in to do this whole dream master thing can we talk about the chalkboard which chalkboard on that he was talking that he was like pointing at and stuff because there was a bunch of stuff on there that was like didn't really make a whole lot of sense yeah no no it it didn't make a lot of sense Mm mm-hmm that's all i have to say about that okay i was gonna say what is that what do we need to talk about (laughs) well the the one thing that like we saw in, in research was uh, there was a note on there that said uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings fail. No, that was in uh, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Oh, shit. Well, okay. Yeah. That That's that's the territory we're in, folks, where I'm like, did I know you from this one? <laughs> right, exactly. Sorry, folks. We'll, we'll talk that's about like, that, that's that board saying. later. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like This is where the franchise really starts to lose me, and the films just kind of bleed together. Mm. Let's get into my watch thoughts. Hmm. I don't even have the energy to do it. because Watch thoughts. There you go. I got you covered. I, I can't stand the music for this one. It's like they tried to make another Dream Warriors theme. Mm-hmm. And whatever song they came up with instead was just like generic 80s synthy bullshit. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of it. 
Mm -hmm. So one thing about Alice and Rick, their dad is a douchebag. Yes, he is. He's an alcoholic. We don't under, we, they never peep down on like why. Yeah. He's, he's kind of a one dimensional alcoholic asshole. Right. They don't, cause typically when some, some people they're, they start drinking and become alcoholics because of some sort of trauma. Mm hmm. It's like a self-medication type of thing. Yeah. So I, I wonder if maybe it's like he started drinking heavily when their mom died or, or something. Yeah. I don't, but they never actually say. But he's a complete dick to both of his kids, but mostly Alice. And the one thing I, besides the him bitching at her about her making him dinner. Yeah, that's a... Mm, yeah, yeah. Him not, her, him not liking the, what she made him. I, I almost said that was a real turnoff, but it wouldn't have turned me on either. No. It... it, it it turned me off of that character where I'm like, nah, I'm done with you, dude. Yeah. You, you could get hit by a truck right now and I wouldn't care. But there's a bit where Kristen's coming to their house to, because they're all going to walk to school together. Mm -hmm. And Alice comes out of the house and she's wearing like a crew neck, long sleeve shirt underneath a, a long dress mm -hmm. and like a sweater over that and her hair is down. She looks very Carrie White. Yeah. She looks very, she like, extremely modest, very, like I said, very Carrie White, or when we first see Laurie Strode yeah, in the first Halloween. Very. Prim and proper and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And her dad, when he sees her, goes, you're going out dressed like that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? The only way that statement would make sense is if it was, like, 102 outside. And then I'd be like, you're going to die of heat exhaustion. Right, but it's clearly not said in a I'm concerned about your well-being no, kind no, of he's, way. No, he's trying to sh shame her. And, and I'm, I'm like, like, what else? What Like, the only thing more modest than what she's wearing would be, like, a full-on nun's habit with, like, a wimple and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. One of the other problems I have with this film, and I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if this is mildly racist, <laughs> and that is the stuff with Rick... And him being and his martial arts obsession, it seems less about like I'm into martial arts because it's a good form of exercise and I want to learn how to defend myself and a that kind of thing, and it seems more like um, fetishization of Japanese culture. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, it, particularly the with the the headbands and the fact that he when he's trying to show his sister how to do a crane kick, he calls her Alice-san, mm. which Typically, you would not call someone that you were teaching son, correct? Sure you would. I thought son was, like, more respectful. I mean, son is just something that you would end anyone's name with, except your own. Okay. So, like, I could say Tia-san, you know, whether I was referring to you or speaking to you. For some reason, I, my, I thought because he was the teacher and she was the student. No, you're thinking, like, Kohai-senpai type relationship. Uh -huh. um, but you wouldn't necessarily address him you wouldn't say alice kohai mm -hmm. you know that that's just weird uh i mean he could have said alice coon but that's what i see that's what i thought it should be i thought but that's any... that's just informal okay is, is it, it's more informal and that you're senior to them but not necessarily on a, a teacher student okay. basis wasn't sure glad i asked the dojo <laughs> bit is a bit offensive though <laughs> the, thus ending our our session on uh japanese uh on Honor, honorifics honorifics thank you yes <laughs> okay but the the his fright with fight with freddy his fight with freddy in the dojo though is a it reminded me of the nes game it's a i don't know i just found that i was like eh, because it very it does the 
It does. It's very stereotypy. Yeah, in the like you know windswept. Um, they're supposed to be like banners or something, but they they look like fl- floral bed sheets. Yeah. But I'm I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the flying glove thing because that's straight up from the NES game. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. So next to the tendon marionettes from Dream Warriors, mm-hmm. Debbie's cockroach transformation death Oof. is one of the hardest in the franchise for me to watch. You know, it's hard for me to watch in this. What? That scene at his funeral. Oh. <laughs> When he pops out of his coffin. Pops out of his coffin and he's like, hello, baby. And I'm like, no. I mean, he did that in a video that they were watching earlier. Yeah, but. So it's like kind of a callback, but like it was unnecessary. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, you were talking about the cockroach death. Yeah, it's well, because it's very much the body. Horror. The body horror of it is probably what really gets me. And there's the flop, the floppy arms. After, after basically after breaking break, her at her... breaks her elbows, basically. Yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah. It's just gross. Yeah. It's, I'm uh, not a fan of it. It, it. It's rough, definitely. Yeah. It's one of the... As, if I had to pick throughout the franchise, like, the deaths that are the hardest for me to watch, that's in my top five, probably. Okay. The last thing I have to say about this movie, before we move on, is um, there is zero consistency so far in the rules to stopping Freddy. <laughs> Yeah. There's no continuity whatsoever mm-hmm. because so far they have used the power of not believing, mm-hmm. the power of love, mm-hmm. reburying him on quote, quote, hallowed ground. In a junkyard, which Kincaid's dog pissed fire to reveal. Yeah. And making him look at his reflection because apparently that's the whole thing with this fucking dream master poem that alice knows is like i can't even remember the whole thing but the ending of it is basically like evil will see itself and then will die which that's a really shitty poem yeah it's a really shitty poem number one and number two it makes no fucking sense i will say this this was probably my favorite time loop that occurs in the series mm-hmm. because out you know basically they i don't know forgettable characters names they dan they, and alice dan and alice dan and alice they get in a truck to go save their friend who's turning into a cockroach and they drive off and they wind it back at the same spot. You, you know the bit if you yeah. don't, you know, it's, it takes it, them about three times before they realize that something is weird. Yeah. And they stop and they go, wait a minute. Cause Dan's like, I feel like we've done this before. And then the fourth time it, the loop starts over, they're like, no, we need to do something else. Cause this isn't working. <laughs> yeah. That was something. Like, that, oh shit. We're asleep. That, that used to scare the hell out of me when I was a kid. I would have to make sure, like one hundred percent sure that you're awake. I was awake. actually awake. Yeah, that that stuck with my formative years. I always had to question reality. Right, I got that. So let's move on, please. <laughs> onward and upward. Well, onward at least. Fair. Dream Child. Yeah. This is, in my opinion, and I think you'll agree when you think about it. Without a doubt, the most Catholic Nightmare on Elm Street movie Oof. in the entire franchise. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because uh, it, it very much is all like, like, Mark even pulls out like a book of Christian mythology at one point and is looking at like why Amanda Kruger is not at rest and mm-hmm. the, uh, it's just, it's weird. We'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, so it came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. Alice finds the deadly dreams of Freddy Krueger starting once again, 
only now he's killing while she's awake, using the dreams of her unborn child. His intention is to be born again. Can Alice and her friends stop him before it's too late? So, directed by Stephen Hopkins. Mm. Screenplay by Leslie Boehm. Okay. Alice is played again by Lisa Wilcox. Right. Dan is again played by Danny Hassel. New additions, we have Kelly Jo Minter as Yvonne. She actually is Ruby in The People Under the Stairs, mm-hmm. the sister of the main character. Yeah, yeah. Erica Anderson is Greta. Beatrice Bopel is Amanda Kruger. Uh, Whit Hertford is Jacob. Most people will recognize Jacob as the kid who gives Alan Grant grief about velociraptors at the beginning of Jurassic Park. Yeah. 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 That, that's probably his best role. That's one of his... I mean, he's done a lot of other stuff. It's just that's the main thing that most people would know him for. Comparatively. Okay, that, fair. That, it's a better role. It's a better role than this one, definitely. And then Joe Seely as Mark Gray. So, budget of $8 million. Uh-huh. Box office of 22.1. Ooh. Yeah. Let's get into my facts and thoughts. <laughs> Can I say something real quick? Yeah. While we may sound like we're disparaging the films... <sighs> We still own all of them. Yeah, we I still mean, own the box set of the franchise. I mean, it's just they just kind of become more dumb, fun, and incoherent. They dip in quality, and the and the storyline makes less and less sense. Here's the thing: even Wes Craven said that it made less and less sense, which is why when he did New Nightmare, he fucking ignored everything. Yeah, fair. So I just I just wanted to say out there because like I I absolutely love the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, including how in Buckwild insane everything gets. The worst Nightmare on Elm Street film is still better than most of the Friday the 13th sequels. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, which would you... If I said, which would you rather watch, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, or Jason Goes to Hell, which one would you pick? Exactly. I'd have to think on that one. Exactly. (laughs) I'll let you all know next week. Okay. So, fun facts about this particular movie. I don't have very many. Alice is actually the only Nightmare on Elm Street character to fight Freddy twice and live. Hmm. Yeah, because Nancy fought twice, but died. died the Same time. thing with Kincaid and Joey. Yeah. Same thing yeah. with Dan. Mm hmm. So, yeah. I talk sometimes about alternate actors. Yeah. There are two people that were offered writing and or directing roles for this film, but that said no. Okay. One of them is Frank Miller. Oh. Who wrote. Sin City. Yes. The other is Stephen King. Really? Yeah. Really? I know. That's... Uh, Now, I'm not sure if he was offered the opportunity to write and direct or just write. I'm not sure. The thing I found didn't specify, but now I'm kind of curious on how a uh, Stephen King Nightmare on Elm Street movie would pan out. Well, it would be in Maine, wouldn't it? Well, not necessarily. Oh, fair. Maximum Overdrive wasn't in Maine. No, it was not. It was in North Carolina? I don't know. Somewhere dry looking. It was, it was, it was in one of the Carolinas. I know that much. So, let's get down to my watch thoughts on this. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure why this movie needed to start with a blue-tinged close-up body part sex scene. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't think we needed that. It's very weird to start a horror movie that way. This movie does go down into more of the whole thing that they did in uh, Dream Warriors, Mm -hmm. where they're like the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. And it's very much more on that because it shows you more of like 
flashback type sequence. They're, they're like flashback type dream sequences that Alice is having. It's really weird where she's sometimes she's imagining herself as Amanda Kruger. Sometimes she's watching. It's I don't I don't know. Shifting perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. So she sees her getting locked in and surrounded by the inmates. Uh, she sees the birth later of Freddy mm-hmm. Krueger and that fucking s- <laughs> the Freddy Krueger fetus. Yeah, that so that weird. was special. And I love when it gets to it just like runs away like on its little legs. It just kind of scares away. And but it gets to where it gets to the imaginary church thing where Alice defeated him before, which I don't know. It's does it actually, does it exist always in the dream space? It's, the physics of these dreams are fucking buck wild. Yeah, they're... they're so basically, yeah. yes, because basically he gets back to where she killed him in the dream world, where his outfit is just sitting on the ground. Mm-hmm. And she almost gets to him to stop him, and then the Freddy fetus starts to scream. Really weird. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was making noises. And then just crawls into the sweater and suddenly becomes fully grown Freddy again. And I just don't... I mentioned, I said the continuity for how they kill him is not great. The continuity for him coming back to life is also not great. Because so far, again, possessing a teenager, mm-hmm. there is no explanation for Dream Warriors on how he comes back. It's just he did. He's just resurfacing, you know. Dream Master Dog Piss Fire? Yes, Dog Piss... Kincaid's Dog <laughs> Piss Fire. Which, um, you need to take your dog to a vet, Kincaid, if it's pissing fire. That's not good. That's not good, yeah. I don't know. It's just so weird. <sighs> yeah. Um, two more deaths in this one are actually fairly difficult for me. One would be Dan's death. Yeah where he basically goes like all Tetsuo the Iron Man. Yeah, that that <laughs> one really bothers me because throughout the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, there have been periodic pieces where something you hold or grip grips you. Yeah. There's been faucet handles. There's been the the motorcycle where where he's holding and it just starts going into his hands and stuff. Yeah, and that's this that's this one. That's Dan. Right. Um and that's I don't know, that always has bothered me, like, ever since I first watched them, to where, like, if they were, you know, the little plush-shaped type faucet things, I'll only kind of hit them from the side. I will never put my fingers in between there, because I do not trust it, because this franchise broke my trust with certain things you hold. Yeah. Um, That's something I will say about horror movies in general, is it will make you look at things in in very particular ways. And at a formative age... (laughs) I'm in my 40s. I still won't do a handle like that. Now, a straight lever, sure. But again, I'm bumping it. I'm, I'm, mm, nope. Yeah. Nope. I'm 36, and I still don't like standing with my back to a bed. Fair enough. Because of Pet Cemetery. Fair enough. Oh, Um, or how I love thee. I know. Uh, So the other death that freaks me out in this one is Greta's. Yeah. Where he's, like, feeding her parts of herself and her cheeks get huge you are what you eat yeah um that one's just yeah it was it was uh unpleasant yeah it was unpleasant yeah reminded me of a garbage pail kids type thing it did yes which this was around when those things first started coming out so that makes sense yeah 
I have two issues with the hospital that is featured in this film, because since Alice is pregnant, there are several instances where she goes to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Her friend, who is, what is her fucking name? Yvonne? Yeah, her friend Yvonne. The two character traits about her are swimmer and works at a hospital. Yes. But based on her uniform, she's a candy striper. Mm-hmm. Because she just graduated high school. She's not right. a nurse. That's right, because they had to blow that pop stand. Yeah, because they were graduating high school. Yeah. So there's one bit where basically Alice wants an emergency ultrasound, mm-hmm. which literally anybody could do. Like, you don't need to get one specific doctor to come in and do it. You just show up at the hospital and be like, I think something is wrong. Can we please do an ultrasound? Right. They're just going to do it. You don't have to call in a specific doctor. At least, typically, you don't. But in what hospital can candy stripers call in a doctor on a Sunday, for one, and for two, assist with the ultrasound? Yeah, it seems... uh... Because I was a hospital volunteer when I was a teenager, And basically, the things that I were allowed to do was, like, delivering magazines, Mm. shredding shredding papers. Okay. Like, nothing very involved. Right. Restocking the gift shop. Stuff like that. So, nothing medical. Nothing medical whatsoever. Mm. So, I don't know why Yvonne is allowed to help with the ultrasound. Well, it's a very special place, this Springwood. Apparently. Also, we talked about this because yes, I had did. a question. So one thing I wondered, after Alice gets this emergency C-section, she's ta- she starts you talking. You mean ultrasound? Yes, ultrasound. Fuck. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> ultrasound, not a C-section. She's <laughs> very, very different things. She's only like two months pregnant. Basically, she starts spouting her crazy Freddy bullshit. Yeah. And she leaves with Yvonne and the doctor like... Overhears. Over yeah. Well, she he doesn't he doesn't need to overhear. She's very vocal about her Freddy's this is, this is crazy true. Freddy bullshit. So basically, he calls Dan's parents. Yes. And I remember thinking, and we discussed this mm-hmm. of whether or not that technically violated her HIPAA rights. Yeah. Because I don't know how it works in other countries, but in the United States, there's this thing called HIPAA. Yeah. Where, depending on your age. There are certain things that medical staff cannot share with anybody unless you say it's okay. That's the Health Insurance Portability and Privacy Act. Is that correct? Portability and Accountability Portability and Accountability Act. So there's only one P, even though it sounds like two. Right. Yeah. So, like, for for me, for example, I I had to sign a thing that says, if anything happens to me, they are allowed to tell my medical stuff to David. Even though we're married, I still had to sign a thing giving him permission. Right. So I questioned whether that violated her HIPAA rights since she would have been, she would be 18 probably because she's just graduated high school. More than likely. So more than likely she would be 18, which is legally an adult in the United States. Mm-hmm. But then I did some cursory Googling and apparently HIPAA did not become a thing until 1996, which so. was... After this movie, because this movie came out in 89. Right. I mean, it's still not cool. It's definitely not cool. But technically not illegal. And it's also a man in authority, you know, violating the rights of a woman. So... Fucking patriarchy. Exactly. Fucking bullshit. Well, I mean... Now I'm mad about it again. (laughs) I'm sorry. How dare he? Just another man trying to control our reproductive rights. And whether or not there's a dream demon maybe involved that is not none of his business 
what happens <laughs> what happens between her and her dreams are none of his business. Yeah. One thing I actually do kind of like in this movie is I like that uh, towards the end, that M.C. Escher style dream sequence. Yes. I mean, it says kind of, I mean, Labyrinth did the same thing mm-hmm. like a couple of years previous, but it's still cool. Yeah, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And full disclosure, though, when I first heard about M.C. Escher, I thought that I was like, no, the real M.C. is M.C. Hammer. <laughs> what? I was... <laughs> It was like it was like sixth grade. <laughs> no, that's cute. I'm laughing because it's adorable. Okay, I'm not making fun of you. I promise. It's very cute, MC Escher. That actually isn't that a line in White and Nerdy. I don't know. MC Escher is my favorite MC. Yes. Oh, it is. It's a well, line in Weird Al Yankovic's White and Nerdy. Well, well done. So Seriously, there you go. She did not Google that. She just sat here so and looked precedent. up to the sky <laughs> and pulled the lyrics down from on high. Because apparently Weird Al lyrics, that's where she keeps them, is just above the field of view. Yeah, because it's, keep your 40, I'll just have an Earl Grey tea, MC Escher, that's my favorite MC. Oh, good grief. Okay. I could do the whole song, but then we'd get sued. Well, actually, no, we probably wouldn't get sued, because Weird Al Yankovic is an amazing person. Well, fair. But, but let's, let's not test it. Yeah, let's not press our luck. So, yeah, this film actually has two people surviving again. Mm-hmm. Because Yvonne lives. Yeah. Which I like. I, I do like she is that. Actually not a, she's not a bad character because she's the one who like doesn't take any of the shit seriously. Un- until until she, she until Freddie pulls her in and she's like, oh, 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 maybe <laughs> maybe the shit is real. Well, uh, since you put it this way. Right. Can we talk about the Amanda Kruger absorption thing? Yeah. OK, so here's OK. Let me set the scene for everybody. Mm-hmm. So basically this for this film. The way to defeat Freddy Krueger is to find the spirit of Amanda, because apparently he's afraid of his mom, despite the fact that they've never fucking mentioned this before, because, like, he won't come anywhere near her. Yeah. So they have to find her spirit, because since she killed herself, according to Catholic doctrine, her soul is doomed to haunt the place where she died. But nobody knows where that is. They know she hung herself after he was convicted. According to the doctrine in the movie. Yeah, right. According to the doctrine in the movie. Yeah. But, and that's the other thing. They know she hung herself, but they don't know where the fuck her body is. Yeah. Then how do we know she hung herself? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Citizen Kane, where they know his last words were Rosebud, even though nobody was in the room when he said it. Hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) What? This film. I know. So, Yvonne finds where Amanda died. Mm-hmm. Sets her spirit free. Spirit shows up. And instead of just killing Freddy, tells Jacob to do it. Yeah. And is like, use the power he gave you. J- Jacob is... Uh, Alice's unborn child. Yeah. He's manifesting as this child in her dreams. Anyway. Who looks like a little shit heel. Well, we have to get through this so we can move on. I want to be like you. I want to learn stuff from you now. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> he turns into a basically, he's got burned skin like Freddy, and he's like, let's go. She's no fun anymore. I want to learn stuff from you. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it, it's, it, it, this is a comedy. This is a comedy. I'm just going to say, it this is. is a comedy. It has to be. And then somehow Jacob defeats Freddy, and the souls that he consumed rip him apart, and then he becomes the Freddy fetus again. And, abs- and Amanda absorbs him into her womb and then goes away. And Alice picks up 
Jacob, who is now a baby, and absorbs him into her womb, and then everything is fine again. You sure, like, Hideo <laughs> Kojima didn't direct this? I mean... I mean, no offense, no offense to Mr. Kojima, it's just... This almost sounds like a Death Stranding sequel rather than a Nightmare on the Street movie. I mean, movie. it could be. Let's be perfectly honest. Fair. It's so weird. All right, fuck. I'm I'm done with this movie. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Okay. We need to get to the worst one so then we can get to the one that's actually good. Well, look. Of the you know, four films that we have to talk about opinion, today. In your opinion, it's the worst one. In a lot of people's opinions, it's the worst one. It's got better one-liners. It here's. Mm. At this point in the franchise, it relies too heavily on Freddy and his one-liners. Mm-hmm. And instead of them being an occasional thing, it's constant. Yes. And it makes no sense. Fair. I respect your opinion. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare came out in 1991. The plot, if you can call it that. It, there's one there. Yeah. Freddy Krueger has finally killed all of the children of Springwood because apparently that was his goal. Like, I don't know since when, but... Well, no one ever found Freddy's manifesto, so we're not really sure. Uh, and seeks to escape the confines to hunt fresh prey. So he's trying to get the fuck out of Springwood. Mm-hmm. To this end, he recruits the aid of his previously unmentioned lost daughter. Yes. First, I don't know. That's all the plot summary I have for this movie. That's That's it. That's all you get, because it's too hard to write anything more involved without okay. getting break without really bringing it down. Directed by Rachel Talali is the only nightmare film directed by a woman. Fantastic. Which is, I mean, kind of a shame. Well, I mean, yay women. Yay women, but this one, this had to be the one. <laughs> Look, direction is only part of making a film. Fair. Screenplay by Michael DeLuca. Mm-hmm. The cast for this one. Lisa Zane is Maggie. Mm-hmm. She was uh, Diane Leeds on ER. Is she related to Billy? Yeah, she is. She's Billy Zane's sister. Oh, cool. Yafet Kodo. Hell yeah. Is Doc. He's only ever called Doc. Mm-hmm. We previously mentioned on the show as uh, Parker in Alien. He was also in The Running Man. Yes, he was. Leslie Dean is Tracy. She was Phoenix Chisholm on Dynasty back okay. in the day. Sean Greenblatt is John Doe. He was uh, one of the Delancey brothers in Newsies, <laughs> which I mentioned for other Newsies fans like myself and, and Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He was Oscar Delancey. Mm-hmm. Brecken Meyer is yes. Spencer. Brecken Meyer, probably other than Yafet Koto and Robert England, is the best known person from this film. Yeah. He, he kind of blew up in the late 90s, didn't he? Yeah. Because he was in um, he was in Clueless mm-hmm. and... Rat Race and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, more recently, he was on uh, that show Franklin and Bash with Mark yes. Paul Gossler. Yes, yes. And the last person we have is Ricky Dean Logan as Carlos. He did voice work on the uh, Spawn animated series. That oh, fantastic! Yeah, uh, had a budget of uh, between nine and eleven million dollars. Didn't say precisely. Box office of thirty four point nine, which still not bad. Yeah. Fun facts about this movie. Peter Jackson, yes, yes. that Peter Jackson, Uh was originally hired to write the screenplay. And he wrote a draft, but the draft was not used. I kind of want to read it. I know, right? Uh, This is also the only film in the franchise in which Freddy doesn't kill anyone using the glove. Mm. Because if you think about the kills, he's got um, that stupid video game bullshit with Breck and Meyer. The power glove. 
which they did not have Nintendo's permission to use any of that. Or, or the phrase, now, you're, now I'm playing now with I'm power. Now I'm playing with power. They did not have Nintendo's yeah. permission to do that. I didn't see anywhere where they got sued, but I would not have been surprised if they did. I think this was still in the period of time where people didn't really do lawsuits about video games because video games wasn't considered a legitimate media still. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would imagine at that point they're like, look... If nothing else, it's free advertising. Right. And he didn't technically kill him with a power glove. It's not like he beat him to death with a power glove. Right, exactly. Carlos, he makes his head explode with a... Oh, gosh. So, yeah, that that's rough. With mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he used his glove to make noise, but not... He didn't stab him with it or slice him with it. That's, right. what, I, that's right. yeah, yeah. The, what I'm trying to get down on with this. I don't remember how he kills John Doe. Doesn't he uh, cut his parachute and... Yes. And then he falls... Through the van? Through the van, even though he was in the dream world. Oh, wait, did he, was that also part of the thing where he does this whole Wiley Coyote, you know, pushing a bed of spikes? Maybe. Like, seriously, folks, this movie is bonkers. Yeah. But Yafet Koto steals the show for me. Yeah. In the, like, five minutes he's in the movie. Yeah, this is one of those ones, this was the period of time where they were shoehorning 3D into stuff again. Yes, I... Um, so basically, like, the last... Like, literally, Doc gives Maggie a pair of 3D glasses, the classic red and blue ones that Mm -hmm. people of our age probably remember, and is like, this will help you see in the dream world or something, some shit like that. I don't know. There were instructions, if you rented the movie, there were instructions that basically when she puts her glasses on, you were supposed to put yours on. Yeah. Because for like $1.99, you could get the same, you know, the cardboard glasses. Yeah. I don't know. It's just very... This movie is weird. And again, with the weird way of killing Freddy Krueger because she like chops off his hand and then stabs him with his glove and then sticks a pipe bomb in his chest. Yeah. Yeah. Because the... Because the... Where where she works, there's all these confiscated weapons and stuff. It's a uh, home for troubled youth kind of thing. So they actually have quite the arsenal. Punisher would be impressed. Yeah, quite a bit. As far as watch thoughts go, I don't have any. (laughs) I just, I'm not a fan of this movie. It's very weird. The whole, he killed all of the children in Springwood thing is very weird. There's a random cameo from Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr who were married at the time. Yeah, it's kind of off-putting. It was off-putting then, it's off-putting now. It's even more off-putting now, let's be perfectly honest. Well, yeah. So yeah, let's move on to the last good Nightmare film, as far as like the OG franchise goes. Okay. Wes Craven's New Nightmare mm-hmm. came out in 1994. A lot of people consider this basically like the precursor to Scream, because mm-hmm. like this was kind of him dipping his toes in the whole meta film. Well, not just his toes, but he was helping introduce mainstream audiences to, to meta fiction. Yeah. Meta fiction, yeah. So the plot: a demonic force has chosen Freddy Krueger as its portal to the real world. Can Heather Langenkamp play the part of Nancy one more time and trap the evil trying to enter our world? Yes, please. I know, right? This is the only other film in the franchise that is written and directed by Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Basically, what he did is he watched all of the Nightmare on Elm Street films from oh, his original up through Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. And by the time he was done, he claimed he could not follow the storyline at all. Mm-hmm. which fair and yes i don't feel so bad now <laughs> i agree <laughs> so he basically just ignored all of them mm-hmm. 
And he further regards the sequels to be weak in compared to his original film, which uh, in, in some instances, I definitely agree. I still I still enjoy the first three mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, so Robert England returns as... So a lot of people play themselves in this movie, or yeah. fictionalized versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. So Robert England, in addition to playing a version of himself, also plays Freddy Krueger or this entity, basically. Yeah, bas- basically take all the camp out of Freddy and just make it a serious demon yeah. version of Freddy. I call him Scary Freddy because he is because he was no bullshit Freddy. Well, apparently this this version of Freddy is closer to what Robert England originally intended. Oh, cool! Including the 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 makeup and stuff mm-hmm. is that's the way he would have done it if it had been possible when he made the original. Cool. So Heather Langenkamp plays herself basically. Mm-hmm. John Saxon plays himself as well as Donald Thompson. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of awkward. Yeah. Miko Hughes is her son, Dylan. Dylan's sweet. He's such a sweet kid. All those creepy voices is very Uh, weird. Look, any kid making a weird, creepy voice, it it just pulls me back to red rum. Yeah. It sounds very Donald Duck is the thing. He does kind of sound like Donald Duck. Yeah. Miko Hughes is one of those kid actors that you, you, when you see him, you'll be like, oh, he was in this. this." He was Gage Creed in the original Pet Cemetery. He was in Kindergarten Cop. Hmm. He was the... Uh, Might be a tumor? No. He was... Boys have penises? Boys have penises, girls have vaginas. Yes! <laughs> he was that kid. Yeah, he was also in uh, Mercury Rising. Oh, okay. Tracy Middendorf is Julie. She was actually on the Scream television show. She was Maggie, the main character's mom. Okay. David Newsom is Chase Porter, her husband. He's done a lot of TV work. Fran Bennett was Dr. Christine Hefner. She's also done a lot of TV work. Okay. And then we have Wes Craven and Bob Shea playing versions of themselves. Which is just wild. Which is so great. I love it. Budget of $8 million. Mm-hmm. What do you think the box office would be for this film? Because to give you, to kind of refresh your memory. It, w- it was starting to dwindle. It was starting to dwindle, yes. But uh, Dream Master, budget of 6 grossed almost 50 Dream Child, budget of 8 grossed 22 But considering this is... You know, the return of Wes Craven and the return of Heather Langenkamp and what, like, you would think that it would do better, right? Well, the words you're using is telling me that if I pick high, I'd be wrong. So it, it had a budget of $8 million. $8 million. Yes. It grossed nineteen point eight. Oh, well, that's over twice what I just guessed. It, I wasn't confirming. I was saying, oh, well, if it had okay. a budget of $8 million, did it make $8 million? No, it made nineteen point eight, which is a fucking travesty, yeah. in yeah. my opinion. There we go. My voice is back. Okay, cool. Because Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare made more money than this. <sighs> yeah. And I'm that's... just like, how? Fucking how? Mm. It drives me, mm, makes me angry. So let's get to my facts and thoughts. Sure. So I mentioned this film is very, it's very meta and people play versions of themselves. So the Heather Langenkamp we have in the film, much like where she was in real life at, at that time, she had a, she had a young child. She was married to a special effects artist. She actually still is married to a special effects yeah. artist. Uh, her husband is uh, David Leroy Anderson. He actually was offered a role in this film. They actually asked him if, since he's 
a special effects artist and Heather's real life husband if he wanted to play the role in the film. And he said no. So they basically were like, do you want to play yourself? And he was like, no, no, I'm fine. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Because that, that'd be ultra meta. It's like, so you want, do you want me to do the special effects on this too? I, I mean, mean oh, shit. He might have. I don't know. I didn't look that far into it. Cameos in this film. Oh, goodness. Yeah. We've got Lynn Shay. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, she's Bob Shay's sister. A lot of people know her from Insidious franchise. Yep. She's amazing. She plays a nurse. One of the other nurses, I'm not sure which one, was actually played by Jessica Craven. Okay. Wes's daughter. Cool. We also have several other people playing fictionalized versions of themselves. So we have Marianne Madalena, who was actually Wes Craven's producing partner. Mm-hmm. She produced most, basically, if it's a Wes Craven movie, she probably helped produce it. Okay. Sarah Risher, who is a producer for New Line Cinema. Yep. And Her name's uh, on, like, everything. Yeah. She actually produced all of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. And Sam Rubin. Okay. Who I was not familiar with. I didn't realize this was a real person, but apparently he is an entertainment reporter for KTLA. Yeah. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah. So when she's on that morning talk show, that's that dude's real job. That's That's a real guy. We also have in the funeral scene background cameos from Nick Corey, who played Rod in the original film, and Tuesday Night. Mm Mm-hmm. And one other one that I thought was kind of neat is not necessarily like a cameo or anything, but the guy who plays the morgue attendant that shows Heather, her husband's body, he would actually later go on to play Kenny in Scream. Oh, wow. The cameraman that's with uh, Gail. Yeah. Same guy. Oh, that's wild. I know. So that's kind of a a forward jump. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, because you got some directors, they like to work with the same actors if they they had a good experience. Right, right. I mean, Tarantino does it all the time. Uh, John Carpenter does it also a yeah. lot. Yeah, like, so it's it's nice it's nice to see you know directors and and production companies basically say, hey, we'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. We'll kill you off, but we'll take care right. of you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use you in another thing. Right. Exactly. One of the other things that I thought was really neat. So all they had already written the earthquake subplot thing into this film, mm-hmm. and they had all, that Northbridge. Quake, yeah, right? the, the Northridge quake actually happened two weeks before the end of filming. Oh, wow. So all of the earthquake sequences in the film were actually filmed one month prior to the Northridge earthquake in 94. And the fun thing was, when they looked back at their footage, they realized that the stuff that they had filmed looked fake. And so Wes Craven basically sent out like a second unit to just go film earthquake damage. Oh, wow. And nice. so a lot of the earthquake damage I mean, that you see... bad, but nice. You know, it sucks, but, like, the the building damage and stuff that you see in the film, it, it, that's real. Wow. Which I just thought was cool. So they didn't they didn't film any, like, people suffering or anything? No, they just... They, they just filmed, filmed structural damage. Structural to, damage. So it looked more accurate. Exactly. Right. That's, that's why I'm saying nice. It, I mean, it, it sucks because, you know, sometimes structural damage leads to, you know... Other issues. Other things, yes. Like, they go by... They show a parking structure that's, like, collapsed at one point. Yeah. I'm sure no one was hurting that. They wouldn't have done a let's take advantage of people's actual pain kind of thing. As far as watch thoughts go, I don't really have any. (laughs) Because at this point, I had watched all of the movies basically back to back, and I was so burnt out and tired. (laughs) One thing I do have to say about it is I really... I I do like this. This is one of my favorite ones. Mm Mm-hmm. 
some of the CGI hasn't aged necessarily well, but like it was still pretty good. And I do like, I'm always a fan of like, let's make Freddy less comical, more menacing. Because I feel like that's how, especially in this iteration where he's just using Freddy as essentially a costume. Right. That's how an actual, I mean, that's how a demon would be. It would be more menacing. It wouldn't be all jokey and now you're playing with power and yeah yeah and that thing so i don't know <sighs> so there you have it you guys there's some really touching moments in that movie mm-hmm. like like stu- stuff between john saxon and heather langenkamp and stuff between robert Eng- england and yeah. Heather langenkamp where where it 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 kind of feels like like at least when i when i see it i i kind of feel like i, f- I feel like i'm imposing on their private moments mm-hmm but even though they're they're playing characters, why are you calling me Nancy, John? Why are you calling, calling me John? John. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, okay. Daddy. And then all of a sudden, he's in his uh, Don Thompson costume. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! It actually is. It's very well done, and it kind of the whole let's ignore the rest of the franchise except for the first film thing is something that you know they would do in 2018 with Halloween. Mm-hmm. I think it works just as well here. Honestly, plus, like I said, because of it being very meta, it was kind of like testing the waters of what we can get away with so that in two years time from this, we could do Scream and Scream is a fucking masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. I know Lizzie would agree with me. So, well, fair. I mean, it Scream doesn't give me any scares, but then again, uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Not every flavor is going to strike you as your favorite flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, Scream's fun. It's definitely a blast. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street for me, because, like, Nightmare on Elm Street is, the whole, fr- the franchise as a whole is what got me thinking about, you know, like, dreams and lucid dreaming and... Yeah. And, because that's that's a part of, that's a part of my world. I, I don't have direct control. I don't, you know, and, you know, fighting with insomnia and other things like that and trying to figure out what, what led to what. So right. for me, it's always been a close connection for me. I can see that. But that's like having a favorite dish that maybe, you know, your grandma made or something like that. Or, you know, a favorite shirt that you refuse to throw away, no matter how many people say, hey, that's got holes in the elbow or anything like that, you know. But, you know, it's still it's still your favorite. And this franchise, to me, is still my favorite. Even the bad... I'm not saying they're unwatchable. Just don't go in expecting serious horror. Well, and that's honestly, when it comes to some people have a franchise where they love it as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that is the hill they will die on. And I feel like Friday the third, or not Friday. Well, to an extent. I feel, but I feel like Nightmare is that for you. Yeah. Where like, for me, my franchise that I will defend all day, every day is going to be Saw. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't care how ridiculous the traps got. I don't care. Because here's the thing for me with Saw. At least it tells a very cohesive story. The story, there's a there's a, a through line from right. one all the way through to the end. Everything else least, is just engineering. Exactly. So I, I, I feel if you out there are somebody that absolutely loves the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Yo. You're in, the, you're in a club with David. Welcome to that club i guess welcome and or i'm sorry (laughs) and um i apologize for bagging on your franchise a little bit like i said i don't i don't dislike all of the movies the only one that i that i will not watch ever again is freddy's dead Mm. 
I've seen it like two or three times at this point, and I'm like, I never need to watch that movie again. It's, it's better in 3D. Uh, I'm I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. I was like, no, it can't be. <laughs> uh, those those little those little dream demon spirits kind of look like those uh, that that fish with the human head face thing. That video from the video game? Yeah, from the video game. Seaman. Seaman. Yeah, that's what they kind of remind me of. But do they just... look like seaman or do they look like semen? Yes. <laughs> like if sperm kind of looked like fish from the deep sea with chompy bits. Yeah, because they they very much those weird deep sea skeletal fish. But like floating and wiggling and bad CG. And and like tadpole tails. It's very. Yeah. Mm. Fucking this fucking movie. I will say, uh, Freddy's outfit in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, the improvement with the trench coat. Yeah. For some reason, that just like brought the ensemble together. Yeah, I would agree with that. <sighs> Do you have any other thoughts about this franchise before we wrap things up? <sighs> um, I'd say you know, love them or hate them, horror franchises exist because, I mean, like you like you said a little bit ago, you know. If it's doing well, it's a license to print money. Yeah, with slashers in particular. So, yeah, sometimes the stories kind of go places. They they go places, and sometimes they go many places, and they're not even connected. Well, because with, with slashers, and in particular, if you look at the time frame between when Nightmare films came out, there's maybe a year between them. Right. So it's not like, it's not like the MCU, where everything is meticulously planned, mm-hmm. where... You're like, okay, we need to tell, do this movie so we can tell this story and this movie so we can tell this story and everything kind of lines up. With some slasher franchises, it's basically just like, let's just put something together so we can make another movie and make some more money. Yeah. It doesn't always make sense, but I mean, we're still here. We're still watching it. So, you know. And if, and who knows, you might, you might enjoy the more campy stuff. You might enjoy the more, more serious stuff, but at least with the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, there will be something somewhere in there where you'll go okay that's the thing i like it's like a 39 flavors kind of deal yeah 39 flavors is that what they're up to now i thought I it was 31 know. i don't know fast and robins i don't fucking know my dude <laughs> when i was a kid we got like tubs of ice cream from aldi's we didn't go to ice cream shops uh, to be fair when i when i went it was mainly to get the free sample of two or three ice creams and then we'd leave ah fair Sorry, y'all. No. <laughs> Fuck it. I kind of want ice cream cake now. We'll make it happen. Okay. Not tonight. Well, no. It's too late for that. Anyway. <laughs> it's never too late for ice cream. <laughs> anyway, you can follow us on all of our socials. We have the Twitter. Yes, we have the Twitter. The word, The other word is email. Oh, I didn't forget it yet. <laughs> I could have remembered it. You don't know. Give me a fucking chance. Jesus. <laughs> You're going to give yourself a stitch again. Too late. Too late? Yeah. Anyway, you, you're mentioning yeah. the, the Twitterverse. Yes. Jesus. Let me do my wrap up. Fuck. Yes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at H2HorrorCast. You can email us <laughs> at H2HorrorCast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. Yes, we do. We are patreon.com slash H2HorrorCast. The minimum is $5 a month. That gets you... Fuck, I don't remember what that gets you. I should probably write that down. Probably. We usually don't go that far into it. Yeah. 
go to the website, folks, if you want. I don't, I don't know. If you cannot become a patron, we totally understand because we're not patrons for several things that we would like to be as of yet. Not yet. But you can help us out by giving us a review on places where that is an option. Yeah, spread the word. Yeah. A, uh, we're trying to get up to 50 reviews on Apple Podcast by the end of the year. I think there's a way to review podcasts on Google, but I don't remember. Not sure. Because um, I do all my stuff through Spotify, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, and we have a Facebook page. Yes, we do. Yay. Any shout-outs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it for a sec. So shout-outs to uh, our two Patreon patrons, Lizzie, a.k.a. Carnage Candy, uh, who is a horror YouTuber. Uh, you can find her on, like I said, on YouTube. It's Carnage Candy, candy spelled with two Ys. Our other patron is my mom, Teresa, and she has been shouting out how awesome we are at work because we have at least one new listener. Fantastic. So, hi, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yeah. And yeah. He's apparently added his house to a list of movies to check out based on our recommendations. So. Oh, awesome. I know. Sorry, I had to stand up because that's that stitch is really not going really away. Hurting. Yeah. Uh, last shout out is to friend of the pod, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, she recently sent me a picture that is a list of, again, all of the movies that she wants to watch that we have talked about. <laughs> so she's li- currently live tweeting the, her first watch of the Alien franchise. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of wild. It's kind of adorable. Anyway, that is going to do it for us. You guys, this is also, this is the last episode of our first season. Yeah. So we made it. We made it a fucking year. You guys. 52 episodes. 52 episodes. What the fuck? It's going to be. I I can't believe it. I at first in, at the beginning, I couldn't even believe that we would get past 10. Yeah. Because I was I'm, like, surely nobody's going to listen to this. No. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, so we haven't been able to do any kind of like networking or anything that we would like to do. But we're going to as soon as as soon as we're able uh, I'm fully vaccinated. David's close to being fully vaccinated. I'm halfway there. Halfway there. So uh, whenever... Stop it, Bon Jovi. <laughs> whenever conventions and stuff like that become a thing, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll see you. Yeah. Yay. And then and you could be like, I hear you. I see you. I see you. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have something special planned for our uh, anniversary episode next week. Yes, we do. So look forward to that. And then we've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe. So yay. Yeah, I'm really excited. All right. So until next time, I am Tia. And I'm still David. And stay spooky, friends. But- Music for this episode was Out of Time by Shane Ivers of Silverman Sound. Our artwork was created by Catherine Nixon. <laughs>